Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big Jeff finally gets his bag. We're going to talk about that and much more on this week's show of Talking Titans. Sammy, start me up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. The sickest Tennessee Titans podcast. Sick! It's gonna be sick. Sick, sick. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of the Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. Joined always as my two co- by my two co-hosts, Jared Van. How are we doing tonight, fellas? Always doing good, man. No bad days. Yeah. Yeah, you're letting the, you're letting the, you're letting the chest breathe today. I love it, absolutely. Always, man. That's what it's here for. It's uh, the taco, the taco meat is definitely out to this week. No, nah, I got nothing. I got. I couldn't even. I could not even be in the same. I, you're on a different level than me, unfortunately. Right. I wish you, I was out there. Put it in your pants, boys. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, we got a great, great show for you tonight. Uh, plenty of things to talk about. Another exceptional guest. I don't want to waste any time bringing him in, so let's bring him on in, Mr. Tyler Rowland. You guys probably know him as Tic Tac Titans. Tyler, how are we doing tonight, sir? I'm doing fantastic, man. Love love seeing Jeffrey Simmons' press conference today, seeing the emotion from him. Uh, you know, these guys are their own person, but knowing you're rooting for a guy like Jeff, who's as good on the field as he is off of it, despite you know what happened pre-draft and all the things that were said about him, I mean, it's pretty special. So uh, it wasn't a crazy day by any means, but uh, definitely one that that I'll remember. Absolutely, absolutely. Ty rolling with us, host of the Locked On Titans podcast. Ty, we really appreciate you taking the time out tonight to talk to us. Um, you know, you touched on a little bit earlier already, but was there ever any doubt at all that maybe uh, number 98 wouldn't be playing football for the Titans this year? Or did you think that uh, at the end of the day, no matter what, they were going to get it done? Well, obviously, I'm not known as the most uh, optimistic Titans fan that's on Twitter. Amen. So maybe, you know, I'm just, you know, different in that way. But I think I think any Titans fan has to be honest and say there were at least a little bit of doubt, even 1%, 2%, because after watching AJ get traded, I, I don't see how you could be 100% optimistic. You know, we're getting Derrick Henry trade rumors and Ryan Tannehill, and maybe Rand Carthon blows it up, and you can never know. So... Uh, for me, I was pretty confident that he would be back with the Titans, but 
But I think it's totally fair for any Titans fan, including me, to say that I had a little bit of doubt after watching what happened with AJ, even if, you know, different general manager now. There was, there was a little bit of doubt, so it still feels good to, to get that past us. Rancarthon passed his first big test, in my opinion. Yeah, let's get let's get into the uh, the draft with the quarterback situation now, since it's always a hot topic on this podcast with everybody here. And I know you're a CJ Stroud guy as well. But um, what the whole thing is, what does everybody see in these rookie quarterbacks that barely have college starts in the uh, in college? Will Levis has 24 starts. So does uh, Anthony Richardson. Both of them, you know, not playing in you know ideal conferences. I mean, both of them they're in an SEC, but you know th- their play has not been great. Uh, Willis, uh, I mean, Levis has been seventeen and seven as a starter in two years at Kentucky. Um, Anthony Richardson went six and seven in his lone start. You know, everybody falls in love. I say it every podcast. Every, everybody falls in love with the quarterback who who has the stature and the body type, but they can't they can't make decisions when reading defenses. You know, how, how do they? How does how do these guys? you know, jump up the draft boards uh, at pro days when they can throw a mile and they don't look at the college tape, what, what, what it is for. Yeah, I, I, I think in that, in that scenario, it's just you're betting on traits. I mean, obviously, you want to see some production in college, but then, of course, you talk about, you know, college quarterbacks who are fantastic, like Tim Tebow is the best example. Now, maybe he's not the best example because maybe if they gave Tebow a little bit more love, he would have worked it out a little bit longer. You know, everybody remembers that throw against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's one of the craziest NFL plays ever. But like, I'm from Ohio State, or I'm from Ohio. JT Barrett was like the best quarterback we've ever had statistically at Ohio State. And he didn't even stand a chance to play in the NFL. So I think it's a balance. And sometimes you fall in love with these traits. And at the end of the day, I think. The reason the Titans quarterback situation has been talked about so much, and it probably is all for naught, you know what I mean? We're going to wake up after the first round of the draft, and they're not going to have one of those quarterbacks. They'll have Ryan Tannehill, and we'll all be like, oh, yep, okay, here we are again. But at the end of the day, they're selling potential. And would you rather be the Titans and probably go anywhere from 7-10 and 10 again to 10-7 and 7 with no real chance to win a Super Bowl? Or would you rather maybe take a chance that you get the next Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, whatever, you know what I mean? I'm not saying I have the right answer, but obviously general managers are are weighing the different sides. And I think for the Titans, if they get in the right position, like if, if the Texans do the crazy thing and don't take a quarterback at two, the Titans would be nuts not to consider going up and getting, whether it is Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud, I'd prefer Stroud. But, you know, if they have conviction about one of those guys, you got to go get them at three because Tannehill is only getting older. I think we've seen the ceiling with Tannehill and it was 2019 and 2020. That's the... Everybody talks about giving weapons to Tannehill and building the line around Tannehill and like hopefully Tim Kelly is better at offensive coordinator. Well, even if that happens, I think we've seen what Tannehill will get you when you give him all that. We've already seen that. So like why waste more time as Tannehill's getting older when you could take a chance and maybe it doesn't work, but we're probably two years removed from being in, you know, a bad spot anyways. So why not just Right now, and you save the money on Tannehill. If you get a quarterback, you can release him. And I'm a firm believer that the picks in 2024 and 2025, the Titans are going to have like the most cap space in the NFL potentially with the way it's set up, even with Jeffrey Simmons in tow now. So you have the cap space to deal with not having first round picks. And it's not like they give up every pick in the draft. You know, they're still going to have their complement of picks after the first round. So to me, with the future salary cap space, the current status of Ryan Tannehill and just, you know, the risk that you're taking, the chance that you get a stud quarterback. I mean, 
I'm not saying do it, but if the draft falls a certain way, they'd be crazy not to try. What What about, you know, since everyone's off the Tannehill situation, why not go after a guy like Trey Lance? You swap picks with the 49ers, you trade away Malik Willis, and maybe a, a two or even a three for the following year. You still have that first pick for next year. But, I mean, if you're going to go after these guys, you know, like Levis and Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, the no-brainer would be uh, Trey Lance. Give him the opportunity. Rand knows him. You know, I'm a big Kyle Shanahan guy. Kyle Shanahan right. knows about these quarterbacks. Obviously, there's potential at Trey Lance. So if you're, they're going to make a move, the, the move for me would be uh, Trey Lance. If there's no possible way of us getting C.J. Stroud, so I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I that's mean, that. I, I only have a few reservations. I don't think it's crazy. And I think that's kind of like a half step where you're not paying what you need to get a rookie quarterback. But the, the downside of that is you only get two years to figure it out before you got to pay the kid. And that is, you know, if I'm going to pay picks to get a young quarterback, I might as well just go all in, pay the picks needed to go up and get the quarterback I like. And then I got four to five years to figure out if I want to pay this guy. And you get the benefit of the rookie quarterback contract, which is like a cheat code in the NFL right now. Because you're paying your starting quarterback who's good enough. Like, this is why the Jags are so worrisome, in my opinion. Because they're going to have two more years, three more years, of paying Trevor Lawrence less than, what, $20 million? While the Titans are paying Ryan Tannehill this year thirty-six. So, if you have a quarterback as good as Trevor Lawrence, and you're paying him that little, you can spend so much more money to support that guy around him. And once you pay him, it's harder to do. Yeah, Pat Mahomes got it done. And he's like a freakazoid who probably come around 20 years from now we'll see another one like him but like the, the benefit of having the quarterback on a rookie contract and them being good enough to win games allows you to do so much with the rest of the roster that that's also part of the decision and of course it's all about the way the draft falls I'm not a proponent of trading up to three for Richardson I would for Stroud but you know maybe Stroud and Young are both off the board one and two and there's nothing they can do about it anyways and then you got to adjust then you got to go differently and then maybe you pivot to a Trey Lance deal. So, I, I, you know, I would rather trade up for the rookie quarterback personally, but if they come away with Trey Lance and get a Jackson Smith and Jigba or Paris Johnson Jr. or Peter Skaronsky, something like that at pick 11 and then trade for Trey Lance with 72, for example, you know, I'm not going to be as excited as if they made a move for Stroud or something like that, but I'm not going to crush the move either. I mean, it's worth it's worth a shot. It's just to me not as good of as an option as getting the rookie quarterback, but that's not necessarily their choice. I love how Jared uh, wasted no time congratulating uh, Big Jeff Simmons. Just went right into the quarterback question. We we knew and, what was going to happen. So yeah, I mean, and, no- and and you know, rightfully so. It's on all of our minds as Titans fans. Um, you know, my question is for you. If they do move up to three, um, who do you think – what do you think we'll have to give up for it, and who do you think they have in mind? And to go along with that, should we do that, is Malik Willis's time as a Titan over? Um, do you feel as though we blow up the whole room and just roll with this quarterback and sign a backup off the street, or we, do we let Malik, quote-unquote, compete with the guy we draft? So if we move up, what are we going to have to pay to do it, and who do you think we have in mind? You know, let's say Stroud and um, – you know, young go one and two. Is it Levy's? Is it, um, you know, Richardson? What's what's your thoughts on that? I know you want Stroud. We all do, I think. But bias aside, if they move up to three, what's it going to cost us? And um, who do you think they target? 
Well, I, I think that obviously they would target Stroud, in my opinion. But if Stroud and Young go too, I think they would consider Richardson. Obviously, Rand Carthon is going to have the best intel of anybody in the draft team-wise on Anthony Richardson as a person and as a guy in the locker room because of that Florida connection. You have to hope that that sort of connection benefits in some way during this process. So for me, and maybe this is just, this is my personal opinion too, so I hope the Titans are in line with it, but I would go up for Richardson and not Levis because Richardson is an elite athlete and the relative athletic score from Kenley Platt or whatever that he does for all the guys historically ranks them, gives them a composite score. Anthony Richardson's the only guy uh, quarterback, at least for sure, maybe the only guy ever to score a perfect 10. It's like men. Guys don't go to 100 overall on men. You know what I mean? So we've never seen a guy go to a 10 out of 10. It's always nine and some change. Uh, so he has just like rare elite athleticism. And I'm skeptical of the Titans' ability to develop a quarterback personally, as I'm sure anybody who's been a fan long enough would be. So if they trade what it's going to take to get up to three for Anthony Richardson, I'm going to have like a kind of reaction to it. I'm, it's not going to be overly like positive right away. Uh, but I think for what it would cost them to do that. So I would hope that they would go up for Anthony Richardson if they feel conviction about it. I would. I just don't want it to be Will Levis. That's the only one where I'll be dissatisfied if that's what we come away with. So if they go up and get Richardson, I'll be, nah, you know what I mean? Uh, but I think it will cost pick number 11. Probably pick 72, which is the third round pick this year. So first and third this year. And then a first in the next two drafts, 2024 and 2025. Because you got to go from 11 all the way up to three. And the draft trade to mirror that after is San Francisco going up from 12 to three to get Trey Lance. Uh, and that that's what they paid. They paid a first round pick. And then they paid a third round pick. And they paid two future first. If I'm, I, There might be another pick in there, like a... Like a not that year's fifth, but the next year's fifth. So for our case, if it's the same deal, it would be 11, 72, a first in 2024, a fifth in 2024, and then a first in 2025. If it mirrored the San Francisco trade exactly, I think so, that's what it would be. So to play devil's advocate there, let's just say that's what happens. And then obviously Tannehill would probably be, you know, post June one cut where we saved the 27 million. If it's Richardson, I don't think so. That's that's why I'm not a fan of going up against Richardson. You only make that trade and give that deal up and pay that much if you get if you're getting a quarterback who's ready to play right now. Yeah. I, I, because then when you make that trade, you get the ability to cut. Tan if it's Shroud or Young, they can play now. So if you make a trade and give all that for one of them, then you can get rid of Ryan Tannehill via trade or release either immediately for the 18, the post June first, which would make more sense for the 27. And that would make a lot more sense. If you pay that to go up and get Richardson, I don't think you can get rid of Tannehill. I don't think you can play Richardson right away and look Derrick Henry and Kevin Byard in the face and say, we're competing for something as you guys get near 30. You can't do that. So that's why I'm skeptical of trading up for Richardson at three because paying all that and then keeping Tannehill and not getting the financial benefit of getting rid of him, that's just too much to swallow, in my opinion, for a project quarterback who can't play in year one. Uh, to finish it off, Malik would be done. Like, I, I personally think that the ship has sailed on Malik. I know that that's – we should have gave him an, given him a year. He needed a year, redshirt year. Okay, well, he should have been better in November than he was in April. He should have been better in November than he was in the preseason. And he made some incremental things, but not enough. 
So if the Titans draft a quarterback this year, whether it's trading up, whether at 11, whether Hendon Hooker in the second round, whether it's freaking Clayton Toon in the sixth, if the Titans draft a quarterback this year, Malik is done because they would save enough money by getting rid of him where it would make sense. I mean, his cap hit this year is $1.1 million. And they would only have six hundred thousand in dead cap, so they'd save six hundred thousand and only have six hundred thousand in dead cap. They would eat that immediately. Cut Malik Willis, go with the rookie and Tannehill, or go with you know if it's a late round rookie, they go with Tannehill on the late round rookie. If they draft a quarterback at all, especially if it's early, saying hey Stroud Richardson, you're the future. Malik is going to be cut, in my opinion. So he's already on thin ice. And these all-season programs are so big for him to prove that he's taking a jump. I, I try to use numbers and quantify stuff because when we just talk in words, it, it gets just too convoluted. So let's say a starting quarterback in the NFL is a 6 out of 10, okay? And Patrick Mahomes is a 10 out of 10. Trevor Lawrence is an 8 out of 10, whatever. Well, to be a starting quarterback, you need to go from what Malik is right now, which is like a 1 on the quarterback scale, like in terms of talent in the NFL and like executing the offense, he's like a one or a two. And I think going from a one, yes, he needs more development and he needs time, but going from a one or a two all the way to a six to be even a low level NFL starter, that's just a really long jump. And people say the Titans aren't giving him enough time. I don't think there's a team in the NFL who could give him enough time to go from a one or a two all the way to a six, because I just don't think he can develop enough to get there from where he's at right now. So if they take a quarterback, yeah, the, the Malik Willis experience would be over. So let's play devil's advocate a little bit deeper. Let's say yeah. Arizona. Let's say Arizona says, "All right, we'll take uh, next year's first round pick. We'll let you keep 2025's first round pick, but we want Derrick mm. Henry." Would you say yes or no? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, it depends on the quarterback available. If it's Stroud or Young, Stroud's it's available. Stroud's there at three. Up, then, then, yeah. I would do that. I I, uh, I wrote an article on uh, alltitans.com for Sports Illustrated, and I talked about it on the podcast as well like a couple months ago. But if you go back and look at the last 14 years of Super Bowl champions, their leading rusher in the Super Bowl yes. made less than like $5 million. I just think it's not a thing about Derrick Henry. It's just you can't win a Super Bowl when you're paying a running back $16 million on the salary cap. It doesn't happen that time in the NFL is over. I love Derrick Henry. He's given us some of the best moments that we've ever had as Titans fans and a franchise that hasn't had a ton of highs. He has delivered them. So I, I hate having the conversation like this because it seems like you're Sully and what he provides and who he is, but the Titans simply don't have a team around him to justify paying him what they're paying him. Derrick Henry is like a win now piece, yes. which is why I thought maybe Buffalo, maybe Philly, would be interested. Um, but at $16 million with where the Titans are at as a team, if you have to sacrifice that, save that $10 million on the cap to save yourself a first-round pick, saying Derrick Henry, adding Derrick Henry saves you a first-round pick, 
that's basically Derrick Henry for a first round pick. And I think the Titans would be nuts not to do that if that was presented to him right now. Yeah. And I, 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 one more, one more thing, Jared, if you don't mind. Um, I honestly, I, everything you said so far, I, I couldn't really agree more with. Um, but the one thing that is, you know, keep me up at night and, and each day that passes, I get more and more agita about it. Um, this wide receiving room right now is absolutely uh, embarrassing, to, to, to put it nicely, okay? You got one guy in the room that seems to be, you know, working towards being a star. Let's just be honest with ourselves. We don't know if Traylon Burks is going to be a legitimate number one receiver in the league. Right. He's had some He's had some great showings. He's made some highlights. But number one, the guy can't stay on the field. And number two, you know, you got to do that consistently, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Justin Hunter had some spectacular catches as a Titan. Obviously, we knew he wasn't a number one receiver after a couple years in a league. So my question to you, Ty, is what on earth are we going to do? We're a week and change away from the draft, and we have essentially one guy that could potentially be a wide receiver one, and after that, a whole lot of nothing. Are you putting all your eggs in the draft, or do you think this team's got a quiet move in their belt that they're waiting to pull out? Uh, I, I, you know, I know most people aren't excited to hear this, but I don't think they like, they're not trading for Hopkins or they're not trading for Brandon Ayuk or something like, like, I I just, I think the Titans are, are in a mode right now. And I think their free agency signings tell us that where they don't want to commit anything long-term. I think they look at the books and they're like, look at the cap we're going to have in 2024 and 2025. We are going to rebuild this team. Now, they think they can do it quick, but I think this 2023 year is all about, hey, we're going to do as best as we can without devoting anything in real significance in future assets. We are keeping our powder dry, as Coach Mack always says, right? And we're we're just not giving out any future commitments or jeopardizing what we can possibly do in the future because it'll be next year where Rand can really mold the roster to what Vrabel truly wants now. You know, we talk about the players a lot, but we don't talk about the growth of Mike Vrabel. And, like, he made so many changes to his coaching staff, and to me that was a big moment because it's like, oh, Vrabel is, like, scouting himself. Like, oh, man, I probably need, you know, a a softer hand coaching the O-line than Keith Carter. Oh, I need somebody who's younger and more aggressive than Pat O'Hara as a quarterback coach with Charles London. Like, Vrabel is learning what he wants as a coach. You know, he, he did so well early on that I think we forget that he's still growing as well. I mean, I think that's important. So uh, when you consider that, I just think that they're in a transition year. They're not going to say that out loud. They're going to try to – in the AFC South, they could still win the division in a transition year if they hit correctly. But with wide receiver, I think it's just one of those positions they realize is too far gone for them to really fix it in year one. That frustrates me. I wanted them to go out and make a better signing in free agency than the nothing that they've done. You know what I mean? They're flirting with Chris Moore. What I mean, what is that? So, uh, But I think if you're optimistic and you're trying to understand what they're doing, I'm thinking that they might devote more resources early in the draft to offensive line. Like maybe they go JSN or Quentin Johnston at 11, and then they go offensive line back-to-back in the second and third. You know, say they get like a, a Dewan Jones or uh, not Darnell right at this point, but a Dewan Jones, uh, Freeland, something like that, and then they get an interior offensive lineman like Joe Tipman or John Michael Schmitz or, you know, go down the list, Matt Bergeron um, in the mid-rounds, and they're like, okay, if we give Tannehill enough time, these wide receivers will look better 
because they don't need as much separation. They, they don't, you know, it doesn't have to be so off schedule. Tannehill can have time to do it. So if you're trying to be optimistic and think what the Titans are doing with wide receiver, they're probably thinking if we give Tannehill time, we can go cheaper at wide receiver and still get good enough results to win this division. I don't know if I believe that, but again, if you're trying to be optimistic, that's that's probably what they're thinking. I think the well, big mistake. You don't believe that, Tyler. Kyle Phillips. I don't believe that. You don't believe that. But th- that's I, but you're right. Kyle you're right. Phillips. That makes sense. I, I think I mean, he's a bit overrated at this point in what he can absolutely. give. People are like counting on Kyle Phillips to be a top three receiver on an NFL team this year, and I'm just like, he's a fifth round rookie who caught eight passes. Last same thing, year, same like, thing with Racy McMath. Everyone, everyone's right, high, like, high on him. Why are we doing this again? And if they sign Chris Moore to me, it's Marcus Johnson and Chester Rogers all over again. Like I well, want these guys to be good, but but we got to be realistic here, you know. But if they do, if they do that, they didn't bring back NWI. Which if they sign Chris Moore, I, I'm I'm for that for the veteran in the room. As long as they don't bring back NWI. But the only reason they bring him in is if JSN is available at 11, I've been pounding the table for months about yeah. this. He needs yeah. to be the pick at 11 because That's there is fair. no clear threat. There is no clear threat to this wide receiver room besides mm-hmm. uh, Traylon Burks, who who barely stayed on the field last year. So yeah. let's play let's play a little game here now. Okay. We, well, I just we, want to say real quick about JSN that he would just be the perfect fit with Burks. Yeah. And one thing that I think we all have to keep in mind is at Ohio State's Pro Day, Mike Vrabel said, we think JSN can play outside or in the slot. Because yeah. some people are saying he's a slot-only guy. If they believe he can play on the outside, the Titans play so many two tight end sets. And when you play that many two tight end sets, you only have two wide receivers out on the field. So getting a guy who's slot-only in the first round doesn't make any sense because <clears> they're not going to play enough. So if they truly believe that JSN could play as the Z receiver with Burks as the X receiver, and they can actually use him in their normal formations, then he would be worth it at pick 11, and it would it would be understandable. So I just wanted to – that comment by Vrabel stuck out to me from their pro day. Yeah, so we, we didn't do this on the podcast at all, but let's let's do a little mock draft, okay, with, with all of yes. us here. Okay? Um, let's say we stay at 11 for, for all of our picks right now, okay? Paris Johnson's off the board. Peter Skaronsik's uh, off the board, and JSN's off the board. What are you doing with that pick at 11? Are you sold on Johnson, the TCU uh, wide receiver? Are you going with the offensive tackle from uh, Georgia or the other one from Ohio State? What's what's the plan, guys? I move uh, back. I move back. I load up picks for our new GM. And, what if uh, you can't? What if you can't move back? That nobody wants to trade to 11. There's nothing good at 11 worth trading for anyway. What if what you, you can't? What are you doing sticking and picking? I mean, if you love Hendon Hooker, maybe they're talking about him sneaking into the first round. If that's your guy at 11, then then go for it. I think he's going to end up going higher than, than people think. I think 11 is a, is a stretch. But my if, if JSN, Skaronsky, and Paris Johnson are not there, I move back. I accumulate more picks. I agree with what um, – uh, you said in regards to having the conservative approach this uh, this off season, and I think that continues. And the conservative thing to do would be to put you know more ammunition um, you know in your pocket and load up on picks and you know build the team how you want to build it. But if you're making a pick there, I guess go Quentin Johnson. I mean, I, I don't know. If before uh, before they go real quick. If you if you're moving back, Vin, what is your threshold of what, your stopping point? What's the pick that you mm-hmm. stop? That you say, hell That's no, I'm not going. I'm not going to 25. I'm not going to 20. What, what's your what's your point? 
Well, I think if they move back, they're going to have a player in mind that they think they could still get by moving back. Um, I asked Teron Davenport on Twitter not too long ago. I'm a big Michael Mayer fan. Um, I think he's a Vrabel guy through and through. I think he would fit great with us. He can block. He can catch. He's a Notre Dame guy, obviously extremely intelligent. I think if you could trade back into the early 20s and think he could be your guy there, um, then that would be a move I'd be interested in. But I don't want to move really past – 24 25-ish um but who knows their their draft board could could look a certain way where they could be okay with moving back to between 20 and 25 because there's a plethora of guys they're interested in you know but i wouldn't mind to move into the early 20s to maybe look at a guy like mayor who i think um deserves to be a first round pick what do you think ty i'm gonna pull a little bit of a wrestling move uh, with your opinion just there. Uh, well, not totally, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you, number one, I love your hat. That's like my favorite Titans hat with the white rope on yep. the bill. Look, it looks so crispy. Uh, so it looks fantastic. But then I'm going to come to the other. Like, my mother told me I look like a sailor. I told her, what the fuck does she know? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But I'm going to come in and say that I think trading down in this draft is a terrible idea. Uh, here's why. And so – i give you an example. Todd McShay on the First Draft Podcast was talking a couple couple of weeks ago, like four or five weeks ago, and he said that uh, an executive in an NFL team texted him and was giving him crap about a certain player who he had in the first round. And he said, that dude's not a first-round talent, blah, blah, blah. And McShay responded, well, there's only like 14 guys I have a first-round grade on in this draft, so somebody's got to go in the first round who has a second-round grade. So to me... I think that the Titans are in a position, It definitely if we're talking about JSN, Paris Johnson Jr., wide receiver, offensive line, anything but like quarterback, we're talking about the Titans trying to win games. And if the Titans try to win games, and literally they've had historic injuries two years in a row, if they just don't have historic injuries, I think the Titans are winning more games next year than they did this year. You know what I mean? Which means they're going to be further back from being to the top of the draft, they're going to have a pick closer to 20, maybe 21, 22, like they have for the last few years. And when you're in that range, you get guys who are on that fringe of being a first-round talent. They're not a bona fide first-round talent. And this year's class has even less first-round talents than most classes before. So to me, if you drop back past like 14 or something like that, then you're not going to get a first-round talent. And since I think the Titans will draft later next year than they are right now, Take advantage of this opportunity to be near the top 10 and to get a true first-round talent and select them. So to my answer, if those guys are off the board, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Paris Johnson and Peter Skaronsky, that means one of the defensive players that should have gone in the top 10 has dropped, whether that be Tyree Wilson, whether that be, um, for me, it's the cornerbacks, Christian Gonzalez or Devon Witherspoon. If Witherspoon or Gonzalez are there, because of the situation that you've presented, those are going to be my pick. Because in my opinion, there are five positions in football that are far more important than any of the other ones. Quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher, wide receiver, and cornerback. So to me, if you get in a spot where none of the guys who fit your need are there, then you just go with the best player available at a premium position. And I'm sorry, but Fulton is going into his last year. I would be perfectly fine if they went and got Christian Gonzalez or Devon Witherspoon and let Fulton go after the year and get a comp pick the next year after that, like a third or fourth rounder for him 
I think that would be perfectly fine. And I'm not confident in Fulton staying healthy. Roger McCreary, he had a good year last year, but with his limitations, with his arms and his size. Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley, obviously, we can't bank on. Sadly, you know, you hope the best for him, but, you know, it just doesn't look like it's going to work out. And, I mean, outside of that, Molden missed the whole year basically last year, re-aggravating an injury. And then Trey Avery, he had some good moments, but come on. So it's not like the Titans are in such solid footing with their cornerback room that they can afford to pass on some of these top corners. And look at some guys who've been drafted recently, like Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn, who came in right away, Sauce Gardner last year. And I'm not saying that Witherspoon or Gonzalez are that level of guy, but maybe they are. And that would be a big help to the Titans just as much as anything else. So if, if none of the guys who are at the positions of need that are also talented enough to deserve to be that picker there, to me, you go with best player available at a premium position, and that'd probably be one of those cornerbacks. What if Jalen Carter's there? Not to, you know, I know you just signed Jeff Simmons, but if 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 he falls to eleven, and you know, what, what, how do you think about what do you think about that? Because I'm a, a big believer in what you said: stacking an offensive and defensive line, putting them mm-hmm. as many good players in a room, and figuring out. Because if you look at teams that win Super Bowls, they're deep on both lines. Yeah, well, look at San Francisco; they had Bosa. And they had Solomon Thomas, and they draft Eric Armstead as well. It's like, whoa, they just keep going edge. We thought they had enough. No, these are premium positions. That's why I'm okay with the Titans going with an edge in the second round. If they like Will McDonald or somebody in in, in that way, like we saw uh, Keon White having a visit with the Titans as well. It was probably a second-round pick, an option for him at 41. So, yeah, I'm all about those premium positions. And you know what? If if they get to a spot where Jalen Carter falls there – just because Carter is going to be a, a penetrating three technique, and I just think he does the same thing as Simmons. And with the off-field concerns, they really bother me personally. Uh, so I, I, that maybe that gets us to a scenario where someone wants to trade up for Jalen Carter, and they'll take that risk, and the Titans can drop back three to four picks and still pick up a guy that we're talking about or that they're interested in. Maybe that scenario would be good. I would rather them trade back and let someone come get Jalen Carter, even though I'm not really big on trading back, then draft Jalen Carter myself. If those are my two options. That That's what I'm going with. Yeah, I'll, I'll make my, my answer as, as quick as I can uh, so we can get into other things. But it's pretty simple for me. The only way I would ever want to trade down in any scenario is if it includes Trey Lance. That's the only thing. If you're getting a quarterback to get excited right. about, to hang your hat on, then I will say, all right, you could trade back. Um, you're still in the first round and you're getting a quarterback for less than probably you'd have to drafting one this year. But outside of that, to kind of uh, mirror what Ty said a little bit, this team needs impact players yesterday. Okay. And you want to hit on as many picks as you possibly can. And your, your, your odds of hitting on a pick are going to be better. Not a guarantee, of course, but they're going to be better if they're in the top 10, if they're, the, you know, the 11th pick rather than the 20th pick. Um, so I, I don't want to give that up whatsoever. I don't want to trade back unless Lance is there. Uh, because again, if you're trading back and not taking a quarterback, then what are you doing? You're essentially kind of basically putting it out there. We're keeping Tannehill, right? And if that's the case, then you got to assume this team, if he's healthy and the old line is even a shred better than it was last year, or like you said, they're going to win a couple more games and then you're going to be in a bigger hole. Um, yeah, you're going to have a ton of cap room. But you want to limit how much capital you got to give up to get your quarterback. And why wait till next year when you could do it this year for a little bit less? So uh, we'll see how all things play out. But, yeah, the only way I'd be really acceptive 
of trading back is if we had got Trey Lance in our pocket when we do it. So we'll see how things plays out. I think it's very unlikely. Like this team, no matter who, the G, new GM, that's great. But at the end of the day, it's just like you always expect the boring things to happen that this team typically does, right? right. Like we trade back, don't get the star we all want. We never take the huge free agent with the exception of maybe Clowney and Bud Dupree and Julio Jones. But for the most part, we don't do sexy things. Um, and at the end of the day, that's what you always come to assume with this team. So we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. All right, Ty, we've got a brand new segment on the show uh, just to get to know you a little bit better. So, uh, Sammy, right. start us up. Think fast. We're going to throw you into the hot seat and ask you a couple questions about yourself and your opinions on things. So uh, we'll start you off nice and light. Your favorite beer? Uh, so I'm a complicated guy, as you guys may have noticed. I have tears. Uh, getting wasted. Uh, day on the river playing golf. Bush light. I'll do shotguns of bush light all night. Uh, having, you know, just a chill day. Maybe, like, just playing some simple golf. Nine holes. Miller light is my favorite, like, classic domestic. If I'm getting like crafty beer at Red Lobster, you know, because I'm a fancy guy, uh, Blue Moon. And then my favorite beer of all time is a uh, uh, Lost Coast Tangerine Wheat. Okay, pretty solid right there. All those, my four all those choices. There you go. Um, favorite Titans memory? Um, well, man, uh, I I think I think honestly, and it's recency bias, but I care a lot more now than I did when I was eight years old about just about everything in general uh, and what it meant for my career. Uh, the the bomb to Khalif Raymond against the Ravens uh, when I knew for sure for certain that they were going to beat the Ravens and go play the Chiefs. Uh, that was my first year doing the podcast, and that was one of the most successful shows I ever had. And it just kind of uh, it was a like the best season the Titans had had. In, since I was in high school was the first year that I started doing this podcast. I got really lucky and I'll never forget that moment when I was like, this is incredible. Like, you know, someone's looking out for me. I was, I at, I was, I was at that game. Oh man. What a yeah. memory. I, yeah. I'm too much of a coward to go to games consistently. Cause I can't deal with the pain of losing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't go to enough games and I'll probably die wishing I went to more games and more concerts and stuff like that. So I'm I'm very jealous that you took the risk of of heartbreak, honestly, and paid the money. You know, if, if the Titans lose that game and I paid that much money to go to a playoff game to watch them lose, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. So that makes me a little bit of a coward and I'm I'm jealous of your courage. I, I, mine was very similar to yours because me and Sal went up to uh, New England and we saw the, the when they beat New England on Brady's last oh, game. Man. That was that was my sports memory. Man, you know, that's so playing. great. Yeah, that that's was a great awesome. one. Uh, I um, did go to the Demarco Murray game where uh, me and three of my best friends went to Nashville. It was the first time I ever went to Nashville, and the 2017 where Demarco Murray ducked and dodged under the Bengals. The last I was time there too. The Cincinnati Bengals. And he reached the ball over the thing. I was trying to take a Snapchat and be cool. And I was spinning in circles. And I was like so drunk and tired from yelling that I passed out into my chair. And my brother had to like wake me up like I had fainted from it. So uh, that, that I got to throw that in there for like in-person Titans memory, I guess. I, that's a coincidence because I've been to Nashville once. And that's the game I was at as well. That's funny. That's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. I was also at the Carson Wentz game 
where he threw the pick right at the goal line and David Long intercepted it. And I was screaming at the Colts fans like, Carson Wentz is a bum, being super obnoxious. And then they literally go right down the field and score right away immediately. So I, I won't forget that, but I'll give it to the DeMarco Murray uh, in person and the Klee Raymond uh, not in person. Nice. All right, moving along. Uh, realistic sports bucket list checkoff besides Titans. Uh, I want to cover a Titans Super Bowl. If uh, if the Titans make the Super Bowl with Locked On, I'll be invited to Radio Row, have a media pass, do all that. If I get to go to the Super Bowl for the first time, I'm a little kid from Dayton, Ohio, grew up with nothing, you know, like to go to the Super Bowl on somebody else's dime, covering the team that I love and the thing I've wanted to do since I was 12 years old, uh, there's nothing that could possibly beat that other than maybe having my dad with me if he's able to make it, so... Uh, yeah, I would say covering the Titans in the Super Bowl at the Super Bowl would, would be it. I think that is a bucket list checkoff for all of us here. So, <laughs> right, right. Let's, let's, all, let's all hope that the Titans get a Super Bowl and we could do that. Um, name one former Titan that was underrated and underappreciated that you would add to this team right now. So, for instance, if, if that boggles your mind a little bit, like for me, I would pick like a Carl Klug. Um, well, I would say. That is tough. I would say, um, I guess maybe I'm not going back further enough, but uh, I'll go with, uh, maybe I was young, so uh, Vandenbosch, uh, that's, you know, I, maybe I was young, maybe he was getting love. I mean, I know like social media wasn't a thing, but I feel like he was just like a grinded out rusher who wasn't super fancy and like, Never got the media love around the NFL. Uh, so I'll go KVB on that one. Nice. Uh, a player that the Titan that the Titans, you would want the Titans to draft in a later round because I know you cover uh, the draft a lot and uh, you've been saying about running backs lately. I- I've been seeing. Um, well, you know, with without knowing exactly where people will go, uh, I think uh, Devon A-Chain, uh, the running back, um, I, I think that he would be a perfect fit. He's a little bit small at like five foot nine, but the dude literally has like blazing track speed. He can be a returner. Um, his cuts are like unreal the way he combos cuts together and is able to get around people. He wouldn't be a lead back by any means, but uh, Devin A chain out of, out of Texas A&M is kind of like my, he might be like more like fourth, fifth round. Uh, so I don't know if that's quite late enough. But uh, that would be my pick. And if not him, I'll say Jake Moody, the kicker from Michigan. 228, pick that man. Don't let it go to undrafted free agency. Don't negotiate. Pick that man so we don't have to have Randy Bullock back in camp. Jake Moody. We need one. All right, last question before we let you go. The Titans have been very, very quiet in recent weeks. Name a bold prediction that would happen to them, whether it be in the draft or uh, into the OTAs. Yeah, I, I'm going to say it. If if the Texans pass on a quarterback at two, I believe the Titans do make the trade up with the Cardinals for C.J. Stroud. Uh, I think, I'm starting to think, I thought Stroud would go number one when the trade first happened with the Panthers, but I'm pretty positive now it's going to be Bryce Young. Um, so I think Bryce Young goes one. If the te- I think the Texans might pull a little like draft day type thing where they take Will Anderson at two and then trade back up to number five with Seattle and take Levis or Richardson. Like, I could really see a scenario where it goes Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Titans, call Monty Austin Fort in Arizona, trade up for C.J. Stroud. And then uh, at number four, 
The Colts take Will Levis, and then the Texans from 12 trade back up to number five and uh, take Anthony Richardson. I could see something like that happening. So my bold prediction is the Titans do end up with uh, C.J. Stroud and trade up to number three. That would be beautiful. Yeah, I mean, really, I think that would Manifest be... it. Manifest yeah, that would, it. That would get this town really uh, jumping again, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. C.J. Stroud is just... I've said this before. I mean, if 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 God chiseled out a quarterback and, you know, he, he's got all everything you can want, size, height, arm strength, weight, I mean, the whole nine. So um, we'll see how things play out, you know, crazier <clears throat> things have happened. What do you got, Vin? And I was going to say, it's funny that you said Jake Moody as a kicker because when, when Jared asked uh, a former Titan you'd want to bring back that's underappreciated, I would say – God rest his soul, RIP, but Rob Baronis. Rob I would Baronis. love to have back on this team. The kicking has been a problem for yep. a long time, and we got to get it figured out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, Can Ty, I say uh, Vince Young? Because I think uh, if, if, no, Vin, if, you, no, if Vince Young got no, to play in today's no. NFL, hey, I'm never going to give up on Vince Young. No one, no one can ever make me. You'll never take me alive. Yeah. <laughs> he was Listen, part of the demise of the His the record is excellent. His record is excellent. He lost, his, his brain lost him his job. Not never his, forget not his, Houston. Not his talent, not his playing. Arizona. He went nuts. He lost his mind, couldn't handle it, and that's why he stopped playing football. And then he got really fat and tried to get back into it and couldn't do it. But, man, they were – this team was rolling when he was, was when he was back there. So – um, and, and that was really the start of my serious fandom. So I always cherish Vince Young very much, um, you know, because I was always 14, 15 around then. So anyway, Tyler, cannot thank you enough for stopping in. Um, we, we would love to have you back once more if dominoes Absolutely. fall down and we can dive into some more fun stuff about how this 2023 season is going to shape up. Before we let you go, please let us know where we can find your work. Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, everybody. And I appreciate that, you know, while you guys were asking me questions, you're also giving your feedback and we're talking back and forth. I appreciate it. Sometimes I just get, you know, pummeled questions nonstop. And I don't like to be interviewed. I want to talk about sports with everybody. So uh, appreciate that. But you obviously uh, can find the Locked on Titans podcast literally Monday through Friday, every day, all year round, nonstop. Uh, all I do is record podcasts, it feels like, all the time. Uh, so Locked on Titans podcast, any platform, Locked on Titans YouTube channel, it's there. Uh, I'm also a writer over for Sports Illustrated at alltitans.com. And um, I'm forgetting something, forgetting something. But yeah, Tic Tac Titans at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter for my uh, spicy hot takes and then some film work stuff too. Absolutely. Tyler, I wish you all the best of luck and uh, all your future endeavors. And uh, definitely keep in touch. We'll, we'd love to have you back on. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Right, Thanks, Ty. Sign up, Ty. See you soon. Tyler Rowan, Tic Tac Titans, absolutely excellent, excellent show. I really, there was not a whole lot I didn't believe and agree with wholeheartedly that he said. And that's, you know, not something that's foreign. We, we typically agree a lot on Twitter, so um, nothing surprising there. But, you know, the one thing I took away that really struck me um, was what he said about, you know, the quarterback position as far as, um, you know, the value of what you're going to get by trading up or and and or trading back, you know, you need an impact player. You need impact yeah. players now. This team is lacking impact players. We have a lot of question marks in so many areas. So you really need to do your homework if you're going to trade back to make sure you have a plan in place. Uh, you know, to 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 make the best use of whatever capital you're getting or keeping. So, um, but you know, 
anything you guys want to elaborate on and touch on before we leave? Geez, it's been 45 minutes already. Anything? <laughs> No, no. I mean, that was a good, great show. Kid brought up some great points, very intelligent, well spoken. You know, I agreed with a lot of what he said, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Everyone's got an opinion that we could try to spin to make it make sense. But uh, two weeks from tomorrow, we're going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you should both know before we leave that he did open up my eyes a little bit more about Mr. Malik Willis. So what do you, uh, th- that, those numbers that he put up, it does, you know what? No, I'm saying this in a way that you should be appreciative of, Vince. I, I, don't get us so upset already. I'm, I'm not saying this. You should have realized it a long time ago. I'm just saying when he mentions, the, you know, the six is average. He's at a one. How long it's going to take to get him to six just to be competent? Yeah, I, mean, I get it. You know, I get it. It's just, you know, it was just everything seemed so perfect when we got him in the third round. You know, you watch his highlight film. He even fucking looks like McNair. I mean, it's just everything was. And everybody falls place. in love with that. Like I've been saying, everybody falls in love with the, the arm, and it's yeah. all about the decision making and the brains. I'm not saying the kid is 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 dumb, but it may take. The NFL is very hard. It's way different from college football. So, I mean, yeah, who knows? Absolutely. All right, fellas. Uh, great show. Can't wait to get back tomorrow. We'll keep you guys updated on who we're having next and what we're doing next. Um, oh, we got don't we? we we have an ad to do, don't we, before we take off tonight or no? Sure. If you want to go uh, shop Manscaped, use our code SICKTITANS for 20% off and free shipping. That's Sick Titans for 20% off and free shipping. Do your broad roll uh, a service. Do your, your meatball as a service. Do your significant other service. And go on Manscaped.com. Buy anything you want and use our code SICKTITANS for 20% off and free shipping. You can't beat it. Oh man, I, you know I, I I'd like to just listen to you do those those promos for forty five minutes. Forget the show. Hey, I just, just don't use it. I just use it. Actually, you want to see? Uh let's wait till the, <laughs> let's wait till the, the little red dot in the corner goes you, away. You so you, you may that. you may need to shave your chest a little bit now with nah, that. Nah nah nah. You don't you don't change the Mona Lisa, fellas. All right, you leave it as it is. There's only one. <laughs> yeah, well, the Mona Lisa didn't have that much hair. I can promise you that. But um, anyway, uh, thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. or not Instagram. On YouTube, subscribe to our channel. Thumbs up. Share the show. Continue to grow, as always. Uh, hope everyone has a wonderful day, wonderful night, wonderful week. And as always, tighten up. Sammy, send me on out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Talking Titans, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.